0: Welcome, you're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is February the 14th, 2024. It's been 3,670 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 355 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at events that happened on Tuesday and Wednesday morning. During the podcast, you will find the Russia Ukraine war map helpful to visualize the areas discussed. A link is in the podcast description. There are map updates. The Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, operational commands north, south and east of Ukraine, open-source intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers, and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. 1. We assess that there is an increased risk of a large-scale Russian missile attack over the next three to six days targeting civilians and civilian infrastructure due to the sinking of another Russian Black Sea Fleet vessel. 2. The United States has ended financial and military aid to Ukraine, unless there is an unforeseen event that changes congressional leadership before the 2024 elections. 3. We maintain that the acute shortage of ammunition is directly impacting the battlefield and contributing to recent Russian advances. 4. The early and likely temporary arrival of Bezdurizhe is slowing the operational tempo due to poor tractability. 5. In our assessment, the operational situation in Avdiivka has become untenable, and Ukrainian forces should withdraw from some of their positions in the southeast to preserve personnel and equipment. 6. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations and are committed to capturing the Avdivka salient, regardless of the cost. 7. Russian forces continue their offensive to capture Chassiv Yar west of Bakhmut. 8. Combat that closely resembles World War I trench warfare versus 21st-century combined arms maneuver warfare will continue for the foreseeable future. 9. Russia's ongoing political purge is accelerating, and the Putin regime is fast-tracking its transition into a fascist state. In the medium and long term, this shift will further endanger global security and stability. 10. We maintain that while the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the condition is more serious than what the International Atomic Energy Agency is reporting. We begin in Kharkiv Oblast, in the Kupiansk area of Operation OREO. Russian sources reported fighting continued west of Sinkivka with no change in the situation. Russia attacked the market area of Ovchansk, striking the settlement with 10 Grad rockets fired by multiple launch rocket systems. A pensioner was killed, and another woman was injured. The late-morning attack was timed with the market opening. Russia also attacked a grain storage area in Kurilivka, killing two and wounding one. In the Kremlinio of Luhansk Oblast, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or Armed. Reported that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Terny and Torske. Mutual fighting was reported east of Yampolivka, north of Kremenka. A Russian ammunition depot near Zhitlivka, was destroyed by drone-directed artillery. There was a massive explosion, and at least one rocket cooked off during the initial blast. The video also showed something large, heavy, and white attempting to achieve low Earth orbit. We link to the video in our situation report. And there is more information in the podcast description. In the Lisichanskayo, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported fighting continued in the area of Bilohorjevka. Next, let's talk about the Donbass, starting in northeastern Donetsk Oblast. In the Bahmut AO, heavy fighting continued near Bogdanivka, with Russian forces continuing their attempts to advance toward Chasivyar. Russian forces briefly reached the eastern edge of Ivanevske before the attack was repulsed. Based on the new information, we updated the map. Up. Ukrainian source Deep State wrote that the advance occurred because of the massive use of drone-delivered IEDs and one-way drones by Russian forces. In the Klishivka Ayo, fighting continued northwest and east of Klishivka and Andriivka. Drone video showed that over a year of fighting for control of Klishivka has left the settlement completely destroyed. The Ukrainian 93rd Mechanized Brigade is now leading the defense. In the Turetsk-New York area, armored claimed fighting restarted in the area of Shumy and Pivdenne on the edge of Horlivka. In southwestern Donetsk oblast, Russian forces reached the industrialny prospect in the Avdiivka AO, significantly complicating continued defensive efforts. This is a good time to open up our war map and zoom into Avdiivka. We have a lot of updates. Ready? The Ukrainian 110th Mechanized Brigade was rotated out of the Avdiivka AO four days ago, after four and a half months of intense fighting left the unit combat destroyed. The 3rd Separate Assault Brigade relieved the 110th and is concentrating their defensive efforts around the Avdivka coke plant. While no videos or pictures confirm that Russian forces reached the Industriálny Prospekt, geolocated and weather-confirmed video showed members of the 3rd Assault Brigade firing in the direction of the gas station north of the intersection with Timiryazevskaya Street. A second video showed the same vehicle firing in the general direction of the railroad bridge and east toward the railroad grade. Based on this information, we moved the line of conflict to the gas station on Industrialny Prospect, which confirms that the main ground line of communication, or G-LOG, that's a supply line into Avdiivka, has been severed. The Russian advance was made possible due to fog, which limited drone operations, trip rotations, catastrophic ammunition shortages, and degraded mobility. Moving to assessment. With the manger lock severed and the limitations of ammunition and personnel, Ukraine should preserve both and start to withdraw. The ratio of losses is favoring Ukraine 1 to 10 to 1 to 13 in the EO. Getting drawn into urban warfare with minimal artillery and depleted anti-aircraft resources will collapse this advantage. Russian forces will have a tremendously hard time advancing across the open beet fields west of Avdiivka. Additionally, we believe that Ukraine can still hold the Avdiivka coke plant and the areas west of the Krasnogorivka plateau. On the southern flank, fighting continued in the industrial district and near the Tsarsko Hoter resort and Zenit air defense station. Further west, Russian forces continued their attempts to advance through the no-man's land between Vodyane, Severna and Tonenka, with no change in the situation. For the second day in a row, there were no reports of fighting in or near We maintain that combat continues. Russian forces attacked east of the Ukrainian firebase at Nevelska, suffered losses and retreated to their defensive positions. In the Martinkoi arm,od claimed Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Krasnohorivka, but provided no proof. Fighting continued on the eastern edge of Horhivka and northeast of Pobeda, with no change in the situation. In the Volodymyrskyi Russian forces continued to attack Novomikhailivka from the east and southeast, trading defensive positions with Ukrainian forces. The situation is very difficult. Near-occupied Mariupol, there was a large explosion with the munition cook-off between Ukrainka and Malynivka. I'm going to combine news from Zaporizhia and Kherson oblasts together, because there wasn't much report, but the information is important. In Zaporizhia oblast, fighting remains light, but Russian forces were able to advance in the Urihivyo. Ukrainian forces were pushed back from Novopokrovka, with Russian troops attempting to advance on Malatokmachka. Between the two settlements, Russia lost another ace drone operator. Video showed callsign Astap and his assistant callsign Leo with the 108th Airborne Assault Regiment, headed by a Ukrainian first-person view one-way drone. Astap had 3,300 followers on his Telegram channel. Positional fighting continued west of Robotene. The Ukrainian 128th Mountain Assault Brigade captured 11 Russian soldiers after they became disoriented. Unit members were with the 71st Motor Rifle Regiment. International Atomic Energy Agency Director General Rafael Grossi did not go to Moscow as planned after he inspected the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. No reason was given for the delay. In the Kherson Ukrainian forces advanced into western Krynke and raised the flag on top of the water tower near the edge of the settlement. Based on the new information, we adjusted the map. I have big news from the Black Sea, and if you didn't skip the assessment part of the podcast, you know I'm going to report on a Russian warship promoted to submarine. In the early morning of February 14, Kyiv time, Ukrainian Mark 5 c Baby on crude surface vessel Swarm attacked the Russian Project 775 large landing ship Cesar Kunikov near occupied Foros on the southern edge of Crimea. The main Defense Intelligence Directorate of the Ministry of Defense of the Armed Forces of Ukraine Hur, shared a video of the attack shortly after claims that the ship has sunk appeared on social media. The video shows the Kunikov is hit at least three times, including one strike that caused a catastrophic explosion. The vessel rolled on its port side, down at the stern, and sunk. Multiple Russian sources, including Russian mercenary blogger Rebar, confirmed the sinking. We link to the HUR video in our daily situation report, and it is a must-watch. At about one minute into the video, you can see four crew members on the deck, and one near the bow appears to spot the first USV right before it hits a midships. The only reports about casualties are the usual Russian propaganda. There are none. And do you want to know something fun? The actual Cesar Kunikov, whose name was given to the Russian warship, died on the very same date, the 14th of February. In other news, a Russian KH-59 air-to-ground guided missile was intercepted over Odessa, with debris causing light damage to a high-rise building. There were no injuries. Here is my theater-wide update. On February the 12 and the 13, Russia launched 23 Iranian-sourced Shahid-136 one-way drones at Ukraine with 16 shut down or disabled by electronic warfare. The executive director of the TEC, Dmitro Sakharuk, reported that the thermal power plant attacked by Russia in Nipro was severely damaged. The station is not working now, an analysis of the damage is underway. Later, the TEC reported the plant would be offline for months. The new commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Ukraine, Colonel-General Oleksandr Syrsky, gave his first interview, outlining his priorities for 2024. He said that Ukraine was in a new stage of war and would continue defensive operations with a focus on maintaining a theater-wide loss ratio of at least 1 to 7. A soldier's life is the main value, ready to retreat from some position than to sacrifice all personnel. Syrskiy added that the war will not end until Ukraine reaches its 1991 borders. Quote, other options are not considered because we simply have no other way out. Unquote. Ukraine's military budget for 2024 is over $44 billion, 22% of national GDP. The United States ambassador for NATO Julian Smith said that Ukraine would not be invited to join the alliance in 2024. Quote, As for this summer's summit in Washington, I don't expect the alliance to issue an invitation at this stage. But NATO will be able to signal an agreement with Ukraine and take concrete steps that will serve as a bridge between where we are now and full membership. Today's podcast was short because our team wanted to confirm the sinking of the Kunikov and get the map of Avdivka right. So, that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine helps us make history and protect the future for all. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers, and analysts is funded by readers, listeners, and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at malcontentnews.